There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry. Those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. Captivity can go far beyond the companies you represent. It starts between your ears and its impact is felt in every corner of your business. We're all about helping agency principals and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. If your goals are big enough, you're going to have to get uncomfortable to be able to reach them. Our team at RiskWell is living this out every single day. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and everything I learn along the way. We deliver relevant, tactical, and actionable content from industry peers, innovative partners, and a variety of leaders from other business verticals. We're not holding anything back. There's no upsell, no guru pitch, and no fluff. It's time to unshackle yourself from captivity and make your freedom jump with the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. Welcome back to the Agency Freedom Podcast. We help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. I am really glad to be spending some time uh, with one of my good friends here in the industry, Mr. Jason Kilgo uh, from the great Commonwealth, not state, it's a Commonwealth people uh, of Virginia. Uh, Jason, Mr. Kilgo, sir, welcome to AFP. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. Now, I got I to gotta confess, folks, I'm coming into this episode, this recording, uh, this may be a little feisty, a l- little bit salty. Uh, it has been a rough day at the office. Uh, we got a a big AOR going away. It's it's a bad day at risk. Well, I, I'm trying to uh, you know rally the troops and figure out the best way to move forward on a couple of items. But any day you lose, you know, forty thousand dollars in revenue uh, to a a invalid reason, something that just doesn't make any sense on paper. Uh, I carry that with me. So here you go. If you're uh, if you're listening, you're like, man, he sounds a little edgy. He sounds a little mad. Yeah, I am. It's it's coming through my voice. I I can't help it. So uh, you're you're getting some real talk today. So I figure I should just put the disclaimer out early in the episode so I don't get the message later, the email. It's like, are you okay? You sounded a little uh, upset there. So yeah, I am. It's uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, Kilgo, I. Uh, I know I clued you in before, but here we go now that we're recording out there. Um, yeah, let's just jump into this thing, man. Like every episode, uh, we, we always want to have you know value. We want to have something that people can put their hands on and, and make actionable and leave this episode going, hey, you know what? I really need to blank and give them something that they can take away. And I know you and I are, are both very uh, you know, process-oriented people more really actionable. You're not Mr. Theory and like, you know, pie in the sky type stuff. You are a ground and pound kind of player. So uh, for those that aren't familiar with the Jason Kilgo story, I'm not going to steal any of your thunder because I'm very familiar with the story. Love it. Why don't you give us uh, the brief version of how you got to this point in your career uh, and kind of what you're up to now with Kilgo Insurance. Uh, We'll go from there, man. Yeah, I think uh, most people know I, I started my insurance career at Geico and uh, just really needed a job, just like everybody that falls into this kind of industry. And I uh, walked in, was like, whoever your number one salesperson is, I'm going to be that person this year. And I uh, got the job and did not look back. I literally broke every sales record they have there. Uh, probably still have some records there. Met Warren Buffett a couple times and uh, just had a great career there. But then they they capped you. So I went over to the loan officer world, did that for a few years, did really well there. It was tops in the region in, at Bank of America Mortgage and then went into Allstate for five. And then I started Kilgo Insurance uh, back in 2016. And we are specialized. We are experts. And the quickest that I know of of getting quotes back to uh, loan officers and real estate agents and their home buyers, uh, first-time home buyers, and getting the home insurance, and then getting them on the phone and leading with umbrella. That's what we do. That is your calling card: lead with umbrella. Uh, I'm definitely going to ask that question for sure. Uh, but you you gave me just teed up three or four really good questions there. I'm going to you know ask some follow up if you don't mind. You know. I kind of see Geico as 
the antithesis of how we want to operate at risk well. You know, we are highly consultative. Uh, we're not volume driven at all. We definitely want to, don't want to seem like a call center. Um, Geico has been tremendously successful, uh, writing a lot of business. Their retention is high. They've got fantastic marketing and, you know, an okay policy and okay claims department. I've been the victim of Geico policyholder, uh, two different times. And both of those claims were okay. They weren't great, but they weren't train wrecks by any means. You were top class at Geico. What's the secret? Uh, what is it that Geico has other than billions of dollars in commercials and marketing budget, uh, advertising? Uh, what is it about Geico that, that works? You were there for a long time. You operate at a really high level. Help me decode the Geico thing. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, one of the things that I respect the most that I got from Geico, I feel like all the career paths, all the jumps I've made have made me a better agency owner now. Everything's got me to this point. I don't regret any of it. Um, you know, how a lot of people say, hey, I wish I would have started this agency 10, 20 years ago. Well, 10, 20 years ago, I probably would have ran this agency into the ground. You know, so it's it's really prepared me for where I'm at now. But one of the things that Geico does extremely well is training. Um, they probably have one of the best training processes, training coaches, supervisors, uh, just the way they go about it on the on the planet. I mean, they really get someone from green to gold uh, faster than anyone I know. And what I've tried to do with my agency is duplicate that. They are, they're really, they really dive into getting you to understand the coverages. Uh, they, they, first of all, they help you pass the test. I don't know if anybody realizes that, but if you sign up for Geico, you've got to go through like a month long, um, you know, classroom style, um, you know, teacher every day, Monday through Friday to get you teed up to pass this test, to pass your property and casualty test. And then once you pass the test, you immediately go into training with typically anywhere from 10 to 20 other people. And, you know, they they really dive into that and they're really big on role playing. They're really big on coaching you through live calls. Uh, I can I can remember we went through like the first week. It was like, you know, you know, Monday they taught you about, you know, your liability limits. And then, you know, the next day they taught you about comprehensive in collision and you took a couple calls and they took a they 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 said, hey, can you handle some of these objections? You know, I want to speak to the spouse or I want to think about it or all these. So they're going to hand, help you handle those objections. Well, then by Friday you go into the class, you don't you know, you think it's just going to be another day. And they're saying, OK, who wants to go first? We're taking a live call today. And you're like, what? Like, uh, we're not ready. And they're like, oh, you're ready. And they just, they kind of just, it's like a mama bird that pushes you off the limb. You know, they just get you right on the phone and you're right there taking that call live in front of the class. And uh, luckily for I me. Love I love that, man. <laughs> Would you like that? I love that. Go, come on. Let's go. Dude, no, so yeah. It, it's it's a know, sink or swim, man. It is. If you can it's, survive in that kind of pressure cooker, uh, you know, sitting at your chair in the call center is nothing. Right. And uh, well, I mean, you're in this classroom, but so they, they got this phone. You walk in, the, the computer and the headset is right at the front of the class. So when you walk in, you, you're like, OK, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, yeah, everybody's taking a live call in front of the class. And then after that, after you get off that call, the, they go around to all the classmates and say, how did he do on that call? Mm. And so everybody, or more or less, either gives you positive coaching or criticism. Yeah. And the ones that give you positive coaching are, the, are your friends. <laughs> and the ones that give yeah. you criticism are not. But anyways, uh, it's it, it really just gets you prepared for that leap to go from there to on the floor to where you're in a supervisor. I mean, you've got a supervisor, but you're taking 20, 30 calls a day. So you go from that to 20, 30 calls a day, 15 minutes or less to sell insurance. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. I'll tell you another uh, cool thing that people can add. You know, uh, when we were at Innovation, um, I've got her thing up here, but there was a couple of speakers that mentioned, and there was one in particular um, that talked about hiring and what her hiring process looks like. And uh, I think a lot of people um, got a lot from that. But one of the things that I would add that We've instituted, but we're, we haven't been consistent on is 
getting someone to role play live on the interview on the spot. So we give them, you know, a bicycle. Yeah, there you go. Miss Drool. So Amy Drool, shout out to Amy. Yeah, shout out to Amy. Great, great presentation. And so what I... One of the things I got from that was is that, uh, yeah, where we could we could add and make sure people have uh, good communication over the phone, have good voice skills, good tone, uh, good volume, and, and and then also can can sell, uh, you know, right on the right on the flash, right right on the fly to, you know, what we're trying to do. So what we do is we give them a bicycle. It's got all these things that are value points on the bicycle. We hand it to them and we say, okay, I'm calling in. You pick up the phone and sell me this bicycle. Yep. Without, sell me this pen. Yeah. Without any training, no training, yeah. no, no prompting of what, you know, what just, Hey, you take this wherever you need it to go to sell me this bicycle. And, and what we're trying to do, what I'd like to see from this candidate is them sell me the value of the bike and handle yeah. my objections with value and not stay on price. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that that nuts and bolts approach to the practice of selling. I mean, that's that's just what I needed to hear in this conversation to help get me out of some, you know, as Zig Ziglar called it, stinking thinking, uh, you know, from, from the day, like just feeling amped thinking about how good it feels to be in a at a quality sales training conversation. You know, when you have a training conversation and then you pull somebody's call and you listen to them in a live conversation and you can hear that they took the training to heart, that their behavior has adapted based on that training. As one of the best feelings as a leader, man, it doesn't get any better than recognizing, hey, they got it. They listened, they heard, they've adjusted their behavior moving forward, they're going to be different based on that, you know, the coaching opportunity. So I I love hearing that, man. Awesome. Yeah. And I think there's two parts to it. I mean, let's face it. uh, Insurance is not the hardest thing to sell. No, it's not. It's, it's an easy sell. And if you take enough calls, you're going to sell something. Right. So I think it's, it's two part. It's one, making sure you're selling empathetic, uh, storytelling, selling, like you're, you're really expressing the value of what you've got so that in the yep. future, we know confidently, you know, our mission is helping people live life confidently through insurance. You know, you've got them taken care of whatever they go out and do, right? We're protecting that finance. Uh, we're, we're, yep. we're protecting that financial burden that could happen. So the other part of that of is not just selling to go through the app and say, this is what we've got compared to what you've got. I'm going to win, I don't know, one out of five, one out of 10. You know, that's what these captive carriers are doing there. And where we're at is we are doing what I call reactive selling and making sure that if you come back, we're not staying on price. We're coming back at you with something uh, that is, you know, some kind of rapport, some kind of trust built, some kind of value added plug every time you say something that we can we cannot sell on price we're not just going to be order takers yeah and i think that's no. I, I think that would if would, if more independent agencies would realize that and not just rush to the coverage page to go through and read off the coverages just like they think i don't know where they're getting this from but where they think they're supposed to do yeah. and just and just you know offer the price it, it's got to be more than that. It's almost like I want a perfect call for me as the client saying, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize I was so undercovered. Didn't realize you guys had all this to offer. Yeah. Um, let me go get my checkbook. Can you hold for a second? Like they didn't even care what the price was. They were like, you've you've explained it. You've told it so well. You've, you've And I hate the word sold, but you've you've guided it so well. Yeah. That now they know they need it. It's not a one. It's a need. You know, the. The line that I've been, you know, using recently is insurance designed for outcomes. You know, our insurance, the programs that we design like that. are are crafted 
with the outcome in mind. What do you want to happen when something bad happens? How do you want your insurance program to respond? Because if all you're thinking about is saving premium dollars, those are the small dollars. The claims dollars, those are the big dollars. And, you know, about four months ago, as I record this, I had my hand slapped real hard by my CFO because I had said several times in, in just conversations with our team and even with our CFO, uh, which is RD advisory group, Don and Roe Polzinski, they're fantastic. Uh, but I had said to them, quote unquote, I hate personal lines. And I had said that meaning I don't like how personal lines business happens. I don't like the practice of personal lines because you have to like deprogram all of these people, literally every person you talk to, you have to deprogram because the utter nonsense, the zero sum game is, is being forced on them every time they drive down the highway, every time they turn the radio on or the TV or read a magazine or go anywhere on the internet because the banner ads are everywhere. They're inundated with price-based decision-making. So you have to deprogram literally everybody. It's not the same way in commercial, small commercial kind of, but not quite the same way. And real estate investors for us, I mean, it's fish in a barrel. I mean, we just completely dominate with real estate investors. By the way, your process was awesome with that, with that referral I'll send over to you. You guys, you guys do a great job. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate the feedback. Honest to God, I did nothing other than ask them to reach out and make sure that, you know, I followed up and said, hey, how did that go? And they said, oh, it went great. I, I can't take any credit for that. That's my team entirely. They're well, they did awesome. No, but the thank you. the The point is, I was wrong to to use those words around my team because my team started to get the idea that they hate personal lines, and they came at it. They started coming at it with negativity, uh, you know, negative interpretation, pessimistic bias, and right about the same time, the market was just taking a complete nosedive where rates are up across the board, renewals are out of control. Um, Here in North Texas, we lost a carrier uh, because they pulled out of the market entirely. Uh, It wasn't something that we had a problem with. It was they said, our loss ratios in this state are out of control. We're out of here. Um, And that's, I mean, I don't mind saying it. Uh, You know, Mercury has been a good partner for us. Mercury is based in California. Most of their business, percentage-wise, if I, my understanding is correct, is California and Arizona. And, you know, the cat exposure of the North Texas area was just something they weren't interested in as a company. Totally understand their perspective. It's, it's unfortunate. Um, it is what it is. So right about the time that this sort of stuff is happening, everything's getting harder. Carriers are pulling out. Like at the same time, my team was dealing with negative interpretation because my messaging wasn't disciplined. As the as the principal, I wasn't giving them any sort of pep talk. Quite the opposite. I was giving them, you know, Debbie Downer. And that is not how to win. Uh, what you've done leading with Umbrella is fantastic. But we found ourselves dealing with record low retention. Like our personal lines retention year to date is about 60%. And for us, that's terrible. I mean, we're usually like mid to upper 80s in retention for personal lines. So it's just a really, really hard year for personal lines. So, you know, right along with our uh, our listening audience, our freedom jumpers, I'm sitting here just listening to the master talk about his craft uh, and, and how you guys are very high percentage of your total business is personal lines. And if I'm being honest, I lead with commercial and with real estate investor and personal lines has historically been an, oh, by the way, we also do home and auto sort of thing. But we're in the middle of, you know, trying to dig out of a revenue hole. I, I shouldn't call it a whole hole because all it means is we're like not as close to target as we were two months ago. We're about, you know, 6% off of target, off of pace for target now. And we were about three and a half or 4% off of target two months ago. So we're trending a little bit in the wrong direction, but leading with Umbrella as, as an example, I'd love to hear the rest of, of the stuff that you guys are doing as a majority personal line shop, kind of for my own benefit too, because this is an area that we're not terribly good at. You know, I you said a lot there and, and I respect, one of the things I respect the most about you is that, you know, I think you really took to heart 
how specialized you guys are, how niched you guys are. And yeah. I really like that about you. I mean, when I when I think of, you know, investors, James, you come to mind immediately. And I think yeah. that was what you were trying to accomplish. And I think mm -hmm. you've done that. And I think you did, you've been great at it. I think what you could do on the end of that and, and what we're constantly always trying to do is put a video in there that automatically goes out to those commercial clients and says something along the lines of, hey, you know, by the way, you know, we also offer personal lines all, you know, for yourself, your employees, you know, all your partners that you work with, you know, um, you know, your key person, in, you know, life insurance, if you do that or however you want to break it down. But it would just be another personalized way to get in touch with them, to let them know some of the things that you offer. And uh, I mean, you've got benefits that you could come in there and do. I mean, there's it opens up so many paths. Right. Yeah. But uh, a, a lot of video, I think. Um, I think a lot of people mentioned it. Flowers, Mike Crawley. Mike Crawley's you know, doing a lot with that right now. I mean, that's what he yep. made me re rethink. I mean, we have a lot of video, but it's more for more for like ed education or soliciting or, or, or just flat out marketing. We don't have a lot of in-house video directing clients. We use memes and gifs and things like that. But I'm talking about flat out, you know, just a nice personalized video for all kinds of different things that you want to talk about with the client. You know, you, you said something a while back that I just wanted to touch on. Everyone in my in my whole career doing sales, doing insurance sales, has, off, has always asked me, how do you do it? How do you get such a high close? And and how, you know, how are you always in the in the top? And I think really what it comes down to is, and what I was trying to express in my speech at innovation was. It comes down to believing and drive and confidence. You, you've got to think before you get on that phone call, when I get a referral, I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking about, okay, what am I going to say? How am I going to pitch this? Or uh, just going into that call unprepared. I'm like pumping myself up. I'm like, hey, yep. I'm going to sell this call. And it's not a question of, am I going to get it or not? It's a question of how many policies am I going to write? Yeah. Because no one's better than us. No one beats us at what we do. You know, the competition, Geico's ruined it for everybody, right? They they really have. They've, they've made it such a monetized, such a price-driven, even their commercials. Like, their, their uh, marketing company is right here in Richmond. Like, I could use their marketing company. I mean, they're, they're, they're right there. But I don't want to be like them. That's the one yeah. thing I learned in my years there that that's not how I want to do business. I can, I can grind and not give up on a phone call, handle all your objections and close you to death, but that's not how I want to do things. It was a good, it was yeah. good to learn those phone skills. It was good to gain that confidence, but what we've taken from that and moved over to Kilgo is we've made it customized. We've made it personalized. We've made it value-based and we've made it to where we, we, go about our sales call in such a way that now you're like, okay, I was calling you for a quote. Now I'm scared for my life <laughs> because yeah. now what you're telling me, oh my gosh, I'm undercovered. I didn't have the right coverage. My agent didn't do this. I didn't know any better. No one explained it. Yeah. And I just went with it, you know, like I just went with it because that's what I was told to do. When I bought a car or when I got a house, I just went with what I was told to do. Now talking with you, Oh my gosh, now I get it. And now I know I need it. And now I'm happy to have it with you. And, yep. you know, in so many words, I'm not saying it's always like this, but I don't care what the price is. I, I want it from you because you are going to take care of me. Yeah. And it's the application of the concept to a real world scenario and, and being a storyteller, painting a picture that is so important in personal lines. It, I mean, on the commercial side of things, it's so logical. It's so data-driven. You know, for, for us, it's not price at all. It's not product at all because, you know, we, we really try to cut the legs out from underneath our competition who are saying, oh, we'll save you money. Uh, we'll, we'll come in and lower your total cost of risk. Okay, let's have that conversation, smart Alec. How are you going to do that? Uh, you want to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with me? Cool. You got all the same markets I got. Guess what, pal? I got a bunch of stuff you don't have. That's letters after my name. 
and I know it, because of the letters after my name, because those by themselves mean nothing. What that means is I know where all the cards in the deck are, and I know at the right time to play the Seven of Diamonds, I know exactly how to play the Seven of Diamonds because of all this other stuff. Commercial to me is almost easier because the person on the other end of the phone call or the Zoom or you know the face-to-face or whatever, they actually care about value. They care about being properly covered. They care about those value-add services like loss control programs and you know a concierge claims manager and you know return to work for work comp uh, and you know property condition assessments for you know property managers and the value add stuff the intellectual property that we add to the conversation actually means something to that prospective client where we've had a real trouble and you just answered a big part of it with personal lines is they just don't care they really don't care about the other stuff the va- For one, value adds are hard to find for bread and butter personal lines. What are you going to do? A personal inventory worksheet? You know, travel safety plan? Like crisis, you know, intervention? Like, uh, what's the word? Um, um, SERP, C-I-R-P. Sorry, I couldn't think of the acronym for a second. Critical incident response planning for your family? Like what happens in the event of a tornado? Does your family know what to do? Like what the plan is in the event of an emergency? critical event as we call it in you know risk management circles outside of those very small number of things there's not really any levers to pull other than the insurance product itself and then we get stuck in the whole conversation of oh people choose us because we just have the best service in town and we treat you like family you're you're gonna call our office and 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 clea over there and serve she's been there for 30 years and she knows everybody's mother, sister, aunt, and uncle, and she's going to say, oh, yeah, your little daughter? Oh, Rachel was her name, right? She was in soccer team this fall, wasn't she? Oh, well, bless her heart. Um, I'm just so glad to talk to you. Oh, by the way, what do you need, sweetheart? I, I know you called for something insurance-related. What's going on in your world? Like, we don't have that. That's not how we're wired. So, you know, like, getting better at I love that. I love, I love that little, you, you could make a, like a hee-haw show just off of that. Dude, the th- here's the thing. I was told that my YouTube is stuffy and boring and lame. Somebody was like, dude, you know your stuff. You really know your stuff. Like, I get it. You're, you're a top shelf professional, a bunch of letters after your name. I don't freaking care. That's boring and lame. Like you need to spice up the YouTube. And I'm well, like, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you just because I've read, you know, <laughs> look at what you put out. Your book is going to be fire. I, I can't wait to read your book. Just the way you write, the way you tell a story uh, mm-hmm. is going to be great. I'm really excited for your book to come out. So thanks, man. Just plug that. I'm following much. behind giants. I mean, I'm sitting here, you know, I've read Carruthers. I've read Billy Wagner. You know, I, I've read, um, I'm so on the Brand. name. Yeah, I mean, it, there's some. Of course, now I'm thinking there's probably five or six names oh, I can drop yeah. and, and give them credit. Um, but those are the, the most recent ones that I, I've read through. I'm looking on my shelf. Yeah, I've got a stack over here. Name. I've got a stack over here of books that I'm going through, and I still so get stuff from all those. I mean, a lot of it is just great reminders. A lot of it is just things that you just don't think about. And you're like, oh my gosh, you like, you know, yeah. why, why aren't we doing that? So. It's it's good stuff. Well, thank you for the kind words. First off, I I appreciate that. I I, I, say, like, that I call it sincerely. like I see it. Anybody that knows me knows I'll just call it like I see it. The the thing with what I I'm just realizing in this conversation because you hit it with the storytelling. We just got to get better at storytelling. Is my producer? God bless him. He means well. He is one of the most pessimistic, negative people in this game that I've ever come across because it seems like every opportunity he's got a great excuse of why it won't work. Uh, you know, every conversation he, he gets in his own way and he's not wrong. Like he's not, you know, factually wrong. He just comes at it from a very pessimistic position and I am not a rah, rah guy. Like I'm not the one who comes in and goes, come on, you can do it, buddy. Go get him. Woo. Like it's not really me. Uh, I know I need to be more of that, especially when my kids are getting older and, you know, five and three year old, I'm going to have to get better at that. I recognize it. But you're sitting here talking about the storytelling, it, like painting a picture and helping them understand, you know, what this means in the real world. Yeah, that all state quote is less or Geico or progressive or State Farm 
or whatever is less. But here's what that means. In order to get that price, you have XYZ on the policy. And this is what that means in real life, like attaching the words on the insurance quotes or policy to real circumstances and doing it in a way that they care about. That's great stuff, man. That's one of my takeaways from this conversation. You know, the one thing that's always going to change with insurance policies, you know what the one thing's going to always change? The price? The rate. Yeah, the price. It's always going to change. So if you sell that, you're going to have to keep selling it over and over and over again, and you're going to get worn out. Your retention's not going to be there. Your loss ratio is not going to be there. Um, we're all in this. I mean, obviously we want to take care of our clients, but we want to make money too. Right. So you don't want to, that's a headache. You don't want to deal with those headaches. And so, uh, you know, I learned a lot from Geico teaching me the phone skills that I need to have. But what I want to do is I wanted to try try to paint a picture of selling that thin air, right. That you can't see it, can't smell it, can't, can't taste it, can't do anything with it. But when something happens, that's when you need it most. And I'll, I'll be a little um, transparent here. My team did not like my sales process at first. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they really, it was, it was a mutiny kind of, kind of conversation. And they didn't really understand why the umbrella should be first. They wanted to, just like everybody else, to add it as an add-on. Yeah. And they, they couldn't see it themselves. Like, why would I need this? This is never going to happen. Well, Mm. what I did was I came back to him. I I went to my underwriters and I said, hey, give me all the craziest umbrella claims you've ever had. And so next thing you know, I've got this list from all these underwriters of all the crazy things I could have. And when I started reading and telling the story of all these situations that have already happened that are factual claims, that's when it started to sink in and say, okay, that would never, ha- that could never happen, but it did. And because they had an umbrella, they were saved or because they didn't have an umbrella. Now they've got the financial burden. And once you really, and, and look, the same way I had to sell it to someone that I'm talking to cold is the same way I had to sell it to them. You had to storytell it. You had to yeah. tell a story behind what that means so that they understand why people want it now, why they need it for themselves. And the one of the, the biggest uh, objections I get on it is uh, this person's living check to check. They don't they don't have the money for it. And I'm like, those are the people that need it the most. Because if you're a fool. If they're living check to check, what happens when there is even a small loss that's not covered? Right. They're done, man. Go ahead and file the bankruptcy. You're done. You're out of here. Exactly. Hey, Freedom Jumper, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. So That's powerful stuff, man. what also kind of led me to be really just, you know, build my confidence and really just care about the umbrella than the other policies. Number one, I like getting three policies compared to one. So that was, that's an easy, oh, yeah. that's an easy you know, tell right there. But I had something to happen to me when I, I was a kid that never went away, that the, the, the story never went away. And I, I could never understand it. And life is not fair. And what yeah. happened to us is we were getting ready for church uh, one Sunday, and my dad always liked to play the music loud. And we would have on, you know, rock and roll or MTV or something would be playing loud. And we'd be getting ready for church. And, you know, we dressed up and, you know, you wear my, the way my, my parents went to church is you, you dressed up. You had a shirt and tie or a nice collared shirt or a jacket or, you know, you, you dress up. So it takes time, right? You're getting everybody, you know, ready to go to church. Well, 
we go to church, we come back home and we get a phone call. And the phone call is that, and gosh, I cannot remember the kid's name, but I almost want to say his nickname was Snot Drip, Snot Drippin' Alex is what we used to call him, I think. So um, he had walked up to our porch, our front door, and when we did not answer, he, you know, knocked several times. When we did not answer, he turned to leave. And back then, it was cement, you know, front porches with no railings. You know, this is the reason why railings are now required on the front porch because of situations like I just went through. Well, he turns around, he falls, and his, you know, upper teeth go into his lower jaw. And he had to get plastic surgery. He had to get teeth. He had to get, you know, stitches or staples. I mean, they reconstructed his whole jaw because of that fall on our property. Mm. And that is the realize, definition of umbrella. Oh, yeah. So what I didn't realize was, though, that it was our fault because it's on our property. Even though we didn't answer the door, even though we didn't even know he was on our property, we had nothing to do with it. It's his own fault. My dad's homeowner's insurance and umbrella paid out. Love it. And so that that's, you know, I think it you have to have a story that hits home. You have to pick something that is going to really resonate with you that says, okay, Jason's right. Like we, we've got to, we've got to make sure people have an umbrella policy. And I know we're not going to be a hundred percent close on that. I tell my team, I'm not expecting hundred percent close, but we need to be, we need to make sure people understand if they don't get it, why they're not getting it. Why, what they're missing by not having that policy, what risk they're taking by not getting an umbrella policy. Yeah. It, it goes back to education. You're right. And you know, the, I don't mean to, to parrot Jonathan on my team, uh, but you know, he's so many times his immediate response is, yeah, they don't care. I was like, okay, one of two things, well, one of three things you're right. They really don't care. And they're the wrong person for you to be talking to because they don't care about stuff they should care about Two, They don't care yet because you haven't given them sufficient reason or information to help trigger their, you know, the emotional, rational meeting of the minds, like emotion plus good education that triggers the rational side of someone's brain. When you win the emotional argument and you win the rational argument, game over, baby. You win. Done. Yeah, the, and I'll just say that the, the people that don't care, that's cool. That's not my client. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. That's yeah, and some of what we're dealing with is inbound traffic that hasn't been disqualified yet to use a Cameron Pichy, uh, you know, bit of language. We have an initial disqualification process uh, that isn't always as robust as it should be. So we allow trash in our pipeline, you know, tire kicking price sensitive losers that are never going to go for our value proposition. Even if we do our job perfectly, they're still going to say, oh yeah, but Allstate's uh, $10 a month cheaper. So um, I know the coverage isn't the same, but I'm going to go there. It's like, okay, that's a completely irrational thing to do. It's like, you do realize if we slashed our coverage to meet their crap recommendation, our price will be less than theirs, right? That's right. Okay, well, bye. The Lord be with you. Go in peace. <laughs> No, it, it, you you bring up a really good point, man, and I love that you're going into this kind of depth on the how and, and the why and the storytelling. I mean, you were a child. I don't know how old you were in that story, but like, like young, like six, maybe maybe seven, young enough to not even have a clue what insurance right. is, but it stuck with you your whole life, and you probably use that story all the time. Yeah, and I think. You know, the reason why it stuck with me is because I was upset. I was like, that's not our fault. That that we we should not have been involved in that. They've got health insurance, they've got insurance, they should have covered that. It's it's his fault. He's the one that tripped. And that just goes to show you that a lot of these cases in liability, life's just not fair. Things happen. You're absolutely right. Things happen and crazy things, tragic things. People make bad decisions. They're good people, but they make bad decisions. And that's that's what we face every single day when we leave our house. And so why not for, 
I don't know, $150, $300, maybe it's 500 depending on, you know, how many vehicles and houses and young drivers and everything you've got. The 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 cost for the value it's a no-brainer. Yep. And th- the problem is people don't know that. Most people don't even know what an umbrella is. So no. that's that's why my my process works so well because we put them on their heels and make them think about exactly what they're paying for. People don't realize. They just think, hey, I've got insurance. I pay it. But they don't realize what they have or what they don't have and what they need. And so that's what my my agency is all about. We're, we work with loan officers. We work with real estate agents. I'm sure a lot of other insurance companies do that as well. Um, I think my, my process is extremely fast, streamlined, and personable because I was a loan officer. I have the lingo. I know what they're talking about. But when we get that client on the phone, it's a, it's it's a, it's a different ball game than what other agencies are doing. We we are educating them. We are getting them uh, to uh, have a self discovery of exactly what they were getting and now what they're going to get with us. Yep, that's valid. And that I think that's the big separator. And I think that's what every agency needs to to really figure out to step out from the crowd. What makes you really different? What separates you from the next agency over? Um, yep. You know, when you go, when I go to all these events, um, conferences, tons of great agents, but the, the, the ones that you remember the most are the ones that you respect because they're different. They're doing something that has changed the game. And that's what we try to, that's what we do. We, we are changing the game on our sales calls. Our process yep. may not be any different than what you're doing to, to get referrals from loan officers and real estate agents. Um, you know, we which do. at this point in the market cycle, let's be real. Oh, it's and tough. I'm, I'm kind of I'm leaning into my next question here. Okay, uh, it has been it's never been harder to. I mean, you're you're trying to bleed a turnip. It feels like um, it, you you mentioned early in the call that you uh, have a, a really great system for realtors, and loan officers. You, I mean, like you said, it man, you used to be a loan officer, so you get it. You know exactly how the game is played. What are you doing in this market cycle to have penetration, to have retention of your channel partners, to keep them sitting in their seat and to get them to actually send you business? Because we've had, and I mean, I don't mean to make this a a therapy session for myself, but in the last six months, our referrals from realtors and loan officers have all but dried up. The ones that we're going after, the ones that we've had in the past, they're still friendly with us, but they're like, Hey man, I mean, I only have one or two deals a month and I mean, I don't really have anything to send you. And I mean, we still have, we're good conversations, but a lot of the folks, they're just nothing but the most price driven thing you've ever seen. I I'm only speaking anecdotally. I'm not making any sort of value judgments, but when we see deck pages, we're just like, Holy crap. I mean, that's not very good. Like there's the, you know, endorsements are left off and limits are slashed and, you know, higher deductibles all over the place. How are you competing against agents that don't play by the same set of rules that you do that very obviously don't care about being as well covered? They're just trying to make a sale. Um, and, you know, I hesitate to, to name any names. I'm just telling stories from what we've seen in the marketplace. You know, I'm sure every market in the country, you know, has, you know, agents from companies that are perfectly happy uh, to cut corners. And I was in a conversation um, just a couple of weeks ago with a guy in Memphis. We don't have shelter in Texas. That's not a company that operates in Texas. But he was venting about running into shelter agents all the time. And they all seem to play by the same playbook, which is, you know, cut corners slash and coverage, higher deductibles, and, you know, just like lamenting that he plays by a different playbook. And, you know, we all have to deal with the all states and state farms and farmers and AMFAMs and whatnot of the, of, you know, different markets across the country that play by a different playbook. They're winning deals in ways that you and I would feel are not cheating as in you're breaking the rules, but you're almost cheating in a sense, because you're writing coverage at state minimum limits, or 
you're writing a homeowner's policy without the necessary water coverage, or you're writing someone at a, you know, a two, three, 5% deductible on their homeowners. And that happens all the time. How are you in this? That was such a long lead in, dude. I'm sorry. That was like three minutes, three minutes worth of lead in there. How, how do you compete in the marketplace with these channel partners like realtors and loan officers when those folks are trained to see cost first and you have so many of these franchise agents that are perfectly happy to cut corners to win deals. What's your take on that? Yeah. So, I, and, and so what we try to do, look, we, we try to go, you know, goes on my hat. It's in my logo. It's moving as fast as it can go. Uh, you know, always correlated to Flash Gordon or being the quickest. So how the loan officer, and this is something I picked up actually from uh, Billy Wagner, because I used to try to fight this. And I would tell every loan officer, I want to be referred this way. You want to work with me. This is the way it needs to be done. And what we were finding is there's so many different, I mean, loan officers have big egos. They're, 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 they're wanting their success. The successful loan officers have big egos. They want to be in control. They want to, they want to handle just like you do, James. You were, we were just, you know, I don't know if it was before you recorded or not. You were saying, Hey, I do things a certain way because I want the control. Right. Same with with these loan officers. So what we decided to do is we write down each unique process on how that loan officer likes to be referred. Some of them want just a ballpark figure that they can give to their client to cover the DTI ratio. Right. If they're if they're close on DTI ratio, what can you do for me to help me with this DTI ratio? It helps to speak and know the lingo. Right. The acronyms. So. Each loan officer has a different way to do it. Some of them send us the 1003 and say, please call my client. I've already teed this up for you. Handle this. But it, Aren't those any, great? Yes. But in <laughs> any situation, they expect us to be fast. And when they send yeah. us something, they want it like yesterday. So that's where I think we can separate ourselves a little bit because we necessarily don't need the client to fill out anything. We necessarily don't have to email back and forth and, you know, put stuff in. We're trying to get it all done on one call. So once we get that green light, we go through our sales call process to lead in with the umbrella. We know we're, we know we're trying to get the home, but now that we've got you on the phone, we're leading with the umbrella. So we've kind of drawn them in. And then what we're doing is right now, the, the problem we're having in Virginia is that there's just not enough houses. On the market, there's just not enough business getting done right now. The next, this quarter, this this fourth quarter of 2022 is is brutal, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, I do think, from all the research and things that I've been following up with, that we're going to see rates go back down to a five or six percent next year. I think it's going to get better. I think things are going to come around, but a lot of the loan officers that were, you know, not in it to win it, are going to get thinned out. So. A culling of the herd, I think it's called, right? Yes, sir. So what we really are trying to do is team up with alliances, uh, allies. So title companies, Tracy Blackwell, I'll give her a shout out. She, we, we had a great conversation after innovation where we talked about how she uses and works with a bunch of title companies. Um, and she's got one in particular. Uh, they did a great Charity event. They raised over thirty thousand dollars for a charity, which I thought was incredible. I, I mean, for for an insurance agency to do something of that magnitude, just incredible. Um, but so since I've talked with her, I've met with two title companies, mm. and we're sharing, you know, different things on on you know who they work with and who we want to work with, and we're going to help each other out and also co sponsor events. Um, whatever we can do to get those loan officers, those real estate, real estate agents or anybody really. I mean, if you look, what I tell my people all the time is when they're, when they're struggling or in a slump or they're, they're, they're saying, Hey, you know, what, I'm not getting enough referrals. I tell them to look outside, just look outside and tell me how many vehicles you see. Business is everywhere. You just got to yeah. go get it. Um, so in this market, is it tough? Yes. Are we still in a great market because of of what we do? Heck yes. 
there's still business that we can do. There's no excuse. You can still hit yep. the numbers you want to hit. You just have to work hard or harder, right? You've just got to put the work in. Um, a couple other things we're doing. So we've teamed up with some title companies. We've also teamed up with um, some private mortgage insurance companies, some uh, some mm-hmm. PMI companies. I mean, those guys are trying to get in front of loan officers to use them for private mortgage insurance. Why not team up with them? We're meeting. Uh, I may be going to a NC State football game. I'm, I'm actually a UNC fan, so... Um, I don't know if that's good or bad on this on this uh, <laughs> this podcast, but um, it, either or, I'm, I mean, going, I'm going into good. the enemy's land. You know, I'm going under enemy lines here because uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm going for the reason that there's going to be several mortgage owners, founders, going to be at this football game, and I I wouldn't have met them if it hadn't been for the private mortgage insurance guy. So Love it. those are alliances that you guys can can build instead of going straight forward at loan officers. So so speaking of that, we also are doubling down on that. I've hired a marketing manager, and I know this sounds crazy with the with the you know the uh, uh, the time period we're in right now with inflation and everything. But I hired a market, marketing manager, and she is helping me to double down on the personal relationships with our loan officers. So what we're doing is we're taking that top 20% of loan officers that give us all their business and we're going to focus on them and we're going to write their biography. Hey, when's your anniversary? What are your birthdays? What are your kids' birthdays? What do they like to eat? You know, what, what, what's your pet, what's your pet's names? You know, what do you like to do for fun? What are your hobbies? And then we're doubling down and, and trying to create those experiences. We're trying to go out and really have that true personal connection, that friendship of wanting to hang out outside of work, instead of just being a referral partner and me begging you for referrals, we are really just becoming a part of their team. So it's not going to be even a second thought for, hey, somebody's insurance, send the kill go. But then we have to have our processes in place to do what we say we're going to do as well. So when we get a quote in, we're getting quotes out in five minutes. We get, you know, we get a client on the phone. We're making sure they go through the sales call process to where they're happy. And then, so what we started also doing is agency Zoom's got a feature now where you can give the loan officer that referred you the client a Google review for them. So hmm. how strong are Google reviews for us? Pretty strong. Pretty strong. Pretty strong. Somebody looks me up online right now. We have, I, I mean, I wish we had more, but, and we're working on it, but I think we've got 190 some, we're just under 200 five-star Google reviews or Google reviews. We're not, we're not. Nice. Yeah. I think we're like 4.9, which I love. We, we have one guy give us one star. We called him over like, Hey man, I thought we did a great job. Like what happened here? Is there anything we can do to improve and get five stars from you? He said, Oh, I thought one star was the best. I'm sorry. And I just told him to keep it. I said, keep the one star there and write a nice comment under it so that people know that we're real. This isn't some gimmick where we get five stars from every client. Like this is real feedback. And so I don't mind it. I mean, people are going to see that one star and be like, oh my God, Kilgo got one star. What does it say? And we're going to get all these kudos, right? We're going to get all these props. So I was like, hey, it looks good. Um, But now we can actually give these five-star good reviews to the loan officer it's a pretty cool feature where it can pump them up and help them with leads. Um, another thing we're trying to do is uh, let me know if I'm going in to too deep. No, you're good, this. man. Hey, you, dude, all you're doing is just saving me from interjecting something mostly irrelevant and asking a follow up question. You just roll right in, man. You, you're you're doing the host job for me, so I appreciate that. Perfect. Sorry, I get. Uh, no, I just go, I just, bro, I just go. When off. you're on a roll, just keep on rolling, baby. I'm just going to sit here and smile. Perfect. So we have, uh, you know, Mike Crawley talked about going in and, you know, looking at your book of business, looking at all the cross opportunities, reanalyzing everything. Auditing your book. Auditing your book. Exactly. So what we did was we're just going through that and trying to go the other way as well. We just added one question in there. Do you know anybody looking to buy, sell or refinance? Now, if refinance is probably not in the picture right now. Um, if they're refinancing right now, there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah, there's something wrong. They, miss, they definitely missed it. But that saying, that stripped and just asking is promoting conversation 
And then we're promoting that referral partner that's attached to that client for our agency's life. So we're having those conversations to try to help that loan officer remarket to stay busy. Another thing we're doing is we are going to start um, figuring out and, and tagging all the referral partners that are, uh, you know, we're going to put them in three stages. We're breaking it down on just like we do with our clients or prospects. We put whether they're, you know, hot, cold, warm leads, pro, you know, our clients, which ones do we love to talk to? Which ones are raving fans? Which ones are in the Kilgo fan club? Which ones aren't? Which ones are promoters? Which ones aren't, right? Um, shout out to Rocket Referrals. We we went back to them. They do a really good job of that. But we're also doing that to our referral partners. All of them. Who's a level one? Who's a level two? Who's a level three? How do we get level yeah. three to level two? How do we get level two to level one? Yeah. And so we're we're doubling down on that. Um yeah, man. I think I think right now you gotta reach. You gotta dig yeah. in and don't give up. Don't get don't get down. Don't think the world is coming to an end. Like a lot of people are thinking about, you know, oh my gosh, like, you know, I went to the grocery store and I got <laughs> milk, eggs, and um bread, and I felt like I spent $150. Um, mm. I mean, it's just it's nuts right now. But there's Dude, here's, here's the thing. And this is something, and you know, we're I have a, a two a two o'clock call that I I'm gonna have to run to here in just a second, but the, the thing I want to end with from my perspective is exactly what you just said, because yeah, I was vulnerable earlier in this episode and, and talked about just being in bad headspace and losing just a massive account. Our single biggest account was, you know, more than 40,000 in revenue and it sucks. It really does. There's no way around it. It sucks. I'm not going to be like, oh, rose colored glasses and I'll wake up tomorrow and it'll be fine. No, we lost a $40,000 account. It's like, you know, 3% of my entire agency's revenue for the whole year just walked out the door. But the reality is it it doesn't stop anything from happening tomorrow. When I wake up tomorrow morning, I have the same opportunity to go out and find the next good piece of business to shake off the bad energy and bad headspace and lean in, put some good music on, you know, talk to God, get my head right, you know, read some scripture tomorrow morning. And just like settle my spirit and then come in with a good headspace and okay, you know what? Bad days are going to happen. This is where the winners get separated from the mediocre and the losers because, you know, you and I both know there's a lot of folks in the bottom quarter half, you know, the bottom quarter of this industry that don't belong here. They pass the licensing exam and they're just trucking along being mediocre not caring, just going through the motions. Those people are going to get, you know, called out of the herd if this recession lasts longer than six months. They're not going to make it because they're not approaching it with a level of seriousness that you and I are, where we're working on our craft day in and day out and be, you know, working to be the very best version of ourselves day in and day out. They're just coming in and trying to pitch product and sell on price and, you know, cutting corners wherever they can to make a sale. Folks like that deserve to get weeded out of the industry. You and I and people listening to this podcast, let's be real for a second. If you're listening to this podcast, that's not you. I'm not talking about you listening right now because you're listening to an industry podcast. That's a little bit weird. Can we just admit that together? Listening to an industry podcast, like listening to a peer talk about something. Most people don't care enough to listen to a podcast. They want to listen to Joe Rogan or something, you know, current events, listen to someone who's going to entertain them. I'm not really interested in entertaining you. I, I want to leave you better than I found you. Hopefully that's the case. But if you're listening to this podcast right now, please hear me very clearly. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the mediocre people in your town, just like the folks that are completely mediocre in my town that give insurance agents a bad name because all they do is sell on price and they will do whatever it takes to win a deal, even if it means blurring moral, ethical, and legal boundaries to do it. There's lots of folks in your market, just like there are in mine, that are perfectly okay with a little bit of lines getting blurred. And I know you're not, Jason. I know I'm not. I know most of our freedom jumpers out there would stand up, you know, pissed off and get their, you know, sense of injustice all riled up and be like, that's not okay. Hell no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to stand for it either. If you do that, I want you out of this industry. I'm going to report you to DOI if you're going to cut corners like that. 
you know, if you're going to be dishonest with the client or, or, you know, do something that is in bad faith. So we're not going to do any of those things. We're going to come in tomorrow morning. We're going to shake the dust off. We're going to get after it. So I, yeah, James, I you're said gonna I wasn't a raw raw guy. Commercial accounts tomorrow to make up for it. I'm, I may not, but I'm darn sure going to try. We'll it, do it. I, I think it's funny because I said I wasn't a raw raw guy, and now I go and sound like a raw raw guy to end the episode. I, um, I have and, anything you on. want, you you really do. It's the beard. It makes me go all Viking. Shout out to you, Eric Scholey. because you you do realize that you got you know Mister Viking beard on one coast. And an actual Viking on the other coast. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's it is what it is. As we land this plane, anything else you want to say, man? I I I got after it a little bit more than I usually do. You didn't get as much airtime as most of our guests, so uh, I apologize for that. Uh, I, I warned you before we started recording. I'm a little bit feisty today. You're good. Uh, but you as know, as we finish up, anything you want to say? I just you know I love talking about this stuff. Uh, so if anybody's got you know a unique way. Uh, or just want to, you know, spit game on how their sales call process works and how their sales process is working. Um, I love, I'm very passionate about this stuff. So uh, love to hear what others are doing and uh, would love to talk just about what, what you know, just about sales. Let's talk about how, um, you know, your sales game is and, and your staff. And if you guys want me to get on a, a Zoom call or, or training, um, I'll show you how our team does it to how I can help you with your team and, we can just go from there, but I'm not hard to find. You can find me pretty much anywhere. Um, I make myself pretty uh, easily available and just reach out. I got a couple of people that have, have already done so, and, and we've done a couple of Zoom calls that went awesome. Fantastic. So if they want to find you, social is the best place, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever? Yeah, I think, I think yeah, social, Facebook me um, is probably the best way. Um, it's, it's the easiest way, and then we can schedule something and go from there. Awesome. I really appreciate you making yourself available like that. You hopefully you have someone take you up and and you know schedule that time with you. Definitely, awesome. Like I said, love it. And James, I really uh, I love your your podcast. I love your show. Love what you're doing, man. Uh, you are definitely a shining star in our industry. Um, can't wait for your book again. Think you're think it's going to be amazing. I'm excited to read it. And uh, and all your speaking engagements next year. I mean, you are a smart guy in this field. You know what you're doing. And you're confident, and I wouldn't even like I said, it, it it probably stings a little bit, but I think you, I think karma and things happen for a reason. I am a firm believer in that, and maybe it was meant that you don't have that account. Maybe maybe yeah. something's there for that as well. Looking at it another way, I mean, if you really have done your job, you have to be happy with that and be able to lay down at night and be like, okay, I've got peace yeah. of mind. I'm doing what I'm doing. And look, like you said, you get back up. You stay positive and you don't give up. And that's, that's now, what I, I, I think it's that. really interesting, the timing of all of this, because at, I mean, a month and a half ago, I penciled November 1st for starting the Dirty 130 from our mutual friend, David Carruthers. And I'm almost done with his book. Uh, I'm, I've got maybe 20 or 30 pages left. It's an easy read. But I'm starting Dirty 130 on November 1st. And here I sit on October 26th, losing the biggest account in my agency. So, I mean, just absolutely perfect. There it is right there on the desk. Love it. Yeah. I, I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing ever. Uh, cause I, I can tell you now, man, I'm coming in the dirty one thirty with a big fat chip on my shoulder. I, I'm going to, you know, prove to myself that I, I haven't lost anything. So and, and anyways, enough about me. You got uh, it, bro. Jason Kilgo, dude, the president of Kilgo Insurance. Where are you in Virginia? I am all over. We're completely remote, so I've got agents everywhere. But Richmond, Virginia, is where I call home. And okay. uh, yeah. So if somebody wants to call you up for coffee, they're going to meet you in Richmond, Virginia. There you go. There we go. Yep. All right, folks, uh, this has been another episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. Check out the details in the show notes. Y'all make it a great day, boys and girls. We will talk to you again real soon. Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite platform to get automatic updates with every new episode and help other people find us. If you like what you hear, please drop us a review and tell the world what you like best. 
Most importantly, please share AFP with someone you know who is still in captivity. They'll thank you later. Visit our website at agencyfreedom.com to get access to exclusive content and announcements. Join our community on Facebook by typing in Agency Freedom in the search bar. Send your questions, comments, guest recommendations, and favorite grilling recipes to us at podcast at agencyfreedom.com. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. Until next time, let's go. Let's go.